So Pastor Josh, he mentioned we're in a three-week series around relationships. And today I want to dive into friendships and how, uh, and really godly friendship, how Jesus asks us to be friends to one another, okay? And the text that I want to read out of, it's kind of like right at the end of Jesus' life, okay? So when, when you think about that, uh, when you get to the end of your time, um, you kind of want to pack everything in. Okay, to make sure that the best stuff is, has been deposited into your people. I'm like that sometimes. And when I, even me mentioning this, Marina, when she watches this back, she'll probably be triggered because she calls me Tornado Dave. All right? Now, Tornado Dave comes out when it's crunch time, when it's like I've got something really important to do, but I still got to do these other things before the deadline. Okay, so when I read this, and the reason that I say this is I want to I just put weight on what Jesus said here. I read through here. It's in John, in chapter John, towards the, the middle, chapter 15, that some of the best teaching about, about how we should act, about why Jesus came, about the, the, the purpose of him on life, Go, um, he discusses here. But he talks about friendships. So I want to read out from John 15, 12 to 15. Because this is really going to be the foundation. We're going to go into some practical stuff later on, how to be a good friend or how to find friends. But I want us to really anchor what Jesus said about friendships in this series. Okay, so here it is, John 15, 12 to 15. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. It's, man, there's so much weight to this. And what I believe Jesus wanted to do in, um, in this text is really bring across two two key things, okay? And I want to just unpack these really quickly. Number one is this. Jesus is our friend. You may, if, if you grew up in a, in a, in a home that, um, that's, that doesn't really talk about Jesus, if you, even if you went to school and, and it was in a, uh, like a religious environment, you may have never thought of Jesus as your friend, you, you may think of him that he's like this distant God that's in heaven sitting alongside the Father, but he's not my friend. What Jesus is saying here is that I am your friend. Now, here's the, here's the great thing. God's your friend as well. And you may not think about that either. You may, that may not connect. So I want to share a quick story that I think is actually going to connect this because when I was a kid, I was, I was about 14 years old, it was my first camping trip to Double Island Point. Who loves Double Island Point up at Noosa on the beach? It's so good. Oh, beautiful creation of, um, of, of nature. You've got to go up there. But I was about 14 years old, and obviously I couldn't drive, but a friend of mine, his name's Kirk, he actually invited me along to a fishing and a camping trip at Double Island. Now, to get up there, if you know, we, we've got a drive up there. At the time, I was living down south, so it was a bit of a drive to get to the island. Then we had to pay for the barge. Then we, we got to the campground, and you know what you have to do? You've got to set up the, the tents, right? Okay, so 
us being kids, we didn't help with the tents. We just went, we just went for a swim instead. So the dad that, in, that actually took us, he set up all the tents. Then it was time to go fishing. The dad put on the bait for me. Then it was when we caught a fish, I didn't know how to get the fish off the hook. So the dad actually helped me. Then at nighttime, the dad cooked for us. He cleaned up after us. And he kept the, the, um, the campsite safe. Now, here's the thing. This dad didn't even know me. Never met me before until that day. So all that love, all that care, I didn't deserve any of that. But because of this, I was Kirk's friend, so therefore I was accepted as another son of his in that environment. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's our friend. Oh, he says it twice in here in this scripture. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. What he wants to do, he wants to open up what the Father has for you. And because he's our friend, we are now friends with God as well. That's the number one thing. He wants you to know that Jesus, he's your friend. The second thing is, in this scripture, Jesus really is trying to deposit to us that, hey, the way that I've shown you now to be friends, I want you to model that same thing to your friends, okay? So two times Jesus commands this in the chapter, right? If we, if we bring the scripture up again really quickly, because this is, it's really profound. So in, cha- in, in verse 12 and then verse 13 again, it says this. Um, if we've got it there, in verse 12, it says, my command is this, love, so my command, okay, love each other as I have loved you. If you can skip through to 14 really quickly as well, oh, sorry, um, 13, greater love is this than um, to lay down one's life. So I'll just, I'll paint the picture like this, okay, because <laughs> we can't get the whole passage up there. But it says it in verse 12, and then again in verse thir- uh, 14, two commands, guys, this is what I want you to do now. So in the middle right there, it actually gives us the model that he wants us to follow. It's verse 13. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. To lay down one's life for one's friend. Now, when I read this, if you've been around church any amount of time, you know, okay, Jesus died for us. That was the ultimate sacrifice. So awesome. But is he expecting us to, to just lay down our lives and die the same way? I don't know. Later on in this, um, in this chapter, he talks about the fact that we will all face some kind of um, trouble in our lives. We're not going to be saved from that. So he wants to make that very clear. But when I read this passage, and especially this word laid down, I had a quick look back and um, what else Jesus said about laying down one's life. And he talked about it twice. Once, he talked about in uh, John 10, 15, he foretold that he was actually going to die for us. So the, the verse says this, Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. So that's what Jesus did for us. That's the example of friendship to us. He laid down his actual life for us. That alone is powerful. But then he gave another example of laying down your life. It's, um, it's a little bit earlier. It's in um, when Jesus actually, it was just a couple hours earlier. It's when he washed the disciples' feet. 
And let me just find this scripture. It's in a different context. So it says this. It's John 13, verse 4. So when he, so this is Jesus. We're talking about Jesus. When he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped the towel around his waist. That word there, took up, um, took off his outer clothing, that is the same word Jesus used when he said, I'm going to lay down my life for you. I'm going to serve you. That's what he's saying here. To lay down one's life is a, is a sacrificial love. It's a, it's a serving love. So at the same time, Jesus is pointing this, he's painting this picture. I'm going to do this for you. Here's what it means for you. Serve one another. Wash each other's feet. Humble yourself. He was on the ground washing his disciples' feet. And all of this, these two points really are kind of held together by this word love. It talks about love, love one another, love as I have loved you, love each other, lay down one's life, there's no greater love. What does, the, what does that word actually mean? What did Jesus mean by that? It wasn't in a sexual sense. We're going to have a sex talk, I think that's next week. I didn't get nominated to do the sex talk. <laughs> I asked, but apparently... Not ready. <laughs> Maybe next time. <laughs> so make sure you come along if you want to hear all about that stuff next week. But um, he didn't talk about that a, a sexual love. He didn't talk about an intimacy that a husband and wife has. Here's what I believe he meant by the word love. It's this. That I make it my goal for you to reach your goal. That's what love is. That's what that friendship love is. That's what it means to lay down one's life, that I make it my goal that my friend is going to reach his goal. That was Jesus' number one goal when he came here to earth. Come on. Jesus' number one goal when he came to earth is that we would be reconciled with the Father. And if you don't know Jesus, later on, I'm going to give you a chance to invite him into your life. He is, if you feel lonely, if you're alone right now, he wants to be your friend. He wants to have fellowship with you. We're going to say a quick prayer later on that's going to allow you to invite him into your life. But I want to kind of go through now on a practical level, what does this friendship actually look like? Okay? So... I'm, I'm at the ripe age of my middle 30s, so I think I've got a few things to say about this. I think, is that all right? I think I'm qualified. So what I've got for you today is my seven rules of godly friendships built on this framework of Jesus being our friend and us now showing the same type of friendship to one another here at church. Because here's what I believe we, we, we're, we're talking about, okay, we want to move into a season of revival. We want to see um, God move in a powerful way. I believe this command that Jesus gave, it's so powerful that this is what's going to unlock things. This is what's going to break. I saw, actually, as I was preparing, I saw a wall that we're actually going against, and I saw us chiseling out one thing at a time, and it is because... It's not about us anymore. When we're friendships like that, it's not about what I can achieve or what I can do. It's about, okay, what can I do? What can I lay down in my life to, for you to achieve your goal? 
That's, that's what's going to unlock revival. I believe it. It's going to be an integral part. So to get practical, here are my seven ways to be a godly friend to, our, to us here. And before we get in, just one more thing. So these friendship, it's not just that you have to display these characteristics. If you're looking for friends, you want to look for those characteristics in those friends as well, Okay. Because friendship, it's a two-way street, right? To love one another, to lay each other's, like your life down. It's a two-way street as well. In any relationship, in marriage, I can't just, so I'm married to a lovely, beautiful lady called Marina, and I can't just keep laying my life down, and then she doesn't do the same. But you know what? That's the win when we both lay our lives down, okay? It's the same in leadership. You lay your life down, that means people under you are going to do everything they can to help you be lifted up as well. In so many areas, I think it's going to unlock something powerful when this really lands for us as a church. So church, can we be a church that loves? Is that all right? Online, are you going to be committed to be someone that loves their friend? Here's how we do it. All right. Number one, my rule number one is be your authentic self. Okay. If you know me, you know I make jokes. I'm a comedian. <laughs> I love it. I'm not going to be someone different um, on, on the sports field than what I am up here. I, wa- I want to be the same. It just gets hard. Too many personalities. It's, it's no good. <laughs> I used to live a life like that back in the day when, when I really wasn't walking with Jesus. But last, yesterday, I caught up with some friends from that era and they're like, you're a changed man. And, I was, and they made fun of and jokes of me because I go to church and all that. But I just laughed along with them. I said, well, I still love you, though, because I'm going to be the same, no matter if I'm standing up here preaching or if I'm hanging out with them down in Brisbane. So that's rule number one. And you know what? It's biblical. Psalm 139 says this in verse 14. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So if we're not our authentic self, we're actually telling God, hey, you didn't actually get it right. I need to change from what you created me. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're made for a purpose. If you are not authentic to yourself, you may miss out on the purpose that God has called you to be. Okay? So remember that. Point number one, be your authentic self. Number two, be ready to give. Don't just take. All right, in friendships, it's give and take. Big thing that I learned. When we came up here about 11 years ago, we didn't know anyone, not a single person on the Sunshine Coast. The main thing that we did as much as we could is we attended connect groups. We, we went along to all the social gatherings. But it wasn't just, okay, what can we get? What can we get? We opened our home up. We had people over for dinner, for lunches, um, met people out, and just had meals. Having meals together, it's a biblical principle. And who loves food? I love food. Food's a great thing. And over food, great conversations happen. So if you're having trouble finding friends or those deeper connections that Terry was talking about earlier on, try having someone over for dinner. Try having someone over for lunch after today. And, And don't try and overthink it, okay? A cooked chook from Woolies, some chips, is perfect. That, that is enough. It's not about the type of food. It's the, it's the conversations that, um, that surround that food. All right? So be ready to give. 
Open your home up. Invite people in. Point number two. Point number three, be honest and vulnerable. Okay? This one, I had to learn this one because as men, we tried to like, nah, I can do this on my own. I was just, I heard a story from a mate and in, in, um, in Europe, that's actually the culture in, in some of the places. Like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't need any help at all. And you know what that does? It shuts you in. Not just from no one can help you, but also, this is a hard one, you don't allow anyone to see this, the, the blind spots that you may have in your life as well. So we've got to be honest and vulnerable with our friends. That's what a marker of a good friend is actually. In, in that time that, um, that Jesus was teaching this, one of the markers of a great friend was to be frank and open. And Jesus displayed this in that scripture. He said, I haven't held nothing back. I've told you everything that my father has told me. So we've got to do that too. Now, here's the thing. I've got certain friends that have um, told me, and I, I have blind spots. <laughs> you may not think that I'm, you may think I'm perfect. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I've got a lot of crap in my life <laughs> that, that I don't see, but others do, and I allow them to point it out to me. That's what, no greater friend than that. I've had things where I've gotten myself into financial trouble, We've had, uh, where I thought, okay, I don't need marriage help, and, and I just kept going on my own. I had people say and, put, and sit me down. I was like, Dave, it is you. <laughs> you need to grow in this area a little bit. Now, he, here's the thing, though. In Australia, we have this thing called poor, um, tall poppy syndrome. That's not what this is about. It's not about pulling someone back down. We actually want to outline this stuff to them so we can lift them up. That's what vulnerable, vulnerability is about. That's what openness is about. Not to, um, okay, you're doing this no good. You should be back down. Or here's the other thing. You're doing really well, so I'm going to pull you down. That's not what this is, okay? It's about lifting one another up. Be, be honest and vulnerable and lift each other up. That's what that rule number three is. Be authentic self, number one. Number two, be ready to give and take. Number three, be honest and vulnerable. Number four is this. This goes hand in hand. If you're, going to be on, if you're going to be honest with someone and vulnerable, you've got to be able to trust them that they're not going to gossip. Okay? Don't gossip. That's rule number four. Ephesians talks about this. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up. There it is again. Build one another up. Fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear it. And look, I know it's easy because it's our flesh thing. We, we want to talk about things. But I pray to God every day that, um, that the words that come out of my mouth would actually be uplifting. I'm not perfect in this, but it is one of my rules because I know this is what builds great grand, uh, friendships. Can you agree with that? Online, be vulnerable, and then, and then be respectful to that trust to your friends as well. Awesome. Rule number four. Rule number five, if we're not going to be gossipers, we are going to be encouragers. Come on, encouragers. Again, this is one that I didn't really do too well. It's not my, it's not my love language, the words of affirmation, encouraging people. It's not my sweet spot. So this is something that I had to learn over the last 10 years to really, is like, okay, it actually helps when I encourage others. Now, here's what I learned over the last couple of years is that this encouragement 
isn't just when someone is feeling down. So that's definitely a great place to encourage your friends. They're not feeling well and it's time to lift them up. That's a great place for encouragement. But what I found is a lot of us find, us, find ourselves in this place where we're doing okay, but we might be getting weary, but we don't tell our friends about it. That's a great time to encourage your friends as well. Hey, I don't know if anyone's told you lately, but you're doing an awesome job. You're doing an awesome job at being a mum. You're doing an awesome job at being a great husband. Whatever it is, let's take the time out, send a quick message, and just let people know that in the walk that they're in, you're doing a great job. And then the last one, I, I, I um, touched on this earlier on, encourage people when they're doing awesome. When they are super successful, encourage them even more. Encourage them, man, you have just won that deal. You have just gotten into that house awesome, God's got even more for you. When people started doing that to us, it just, it lifts us up. But here's what it does as well. And this is why it's always a two-way street. When you encourage someone, man, you get filled up. You, you, you feel, there's like this, this transaction that takes place where they're lifted up, but I feel great because I just encouraged them. Great friends encourage each other. All right, so let's be great encouragers. Number six, this is a cool one. It's <laughs> lean into the awkward. Lean into the awkward. Rule number six of being great friends, great godly friends, is to be able to lean into the awkward. And what I mean by that is this. As I said, when we got up here, we didn't know anyone. So we had to make friends. Now, there was one particular guy, and um, we were already great mates, but um, he invited me over one day, middle of the day, and um, he cooked lunch for me. <laughs> One man <laughs> cooking lunch for another man. <laughs> I've got to tell you, that was awkward. <laughs> it was, I felt, okay, this is weird. But I was okay, I'm going to lean in. And, and here's the kicker. All right, so get this. It wasn't even a big steak that he cooked. It was a beautiful, mm, smooth just like lava, el dente risotto. Now, here's what happened. I got home, and I told my wife, Marina, about this. And I'm like, Tony Sarage just cooked lunch for me. <laughs> it's this awkward thing. She goes, okay, but how do you feel about it? I was like... I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Here's one man cooking lunch for another man. I've never experienced that before, but that was his way of showing love. And if I didn't lean into that, I would have missed out on that love. So if it's a group, you've got to go along to. If it's, okay, I'm going to be the bold and invite someone over for dinner, I want to encourage you, lean into the awkward. And then here's what I did a few weeks later. I made an array of beautiful German sausages for my beautiful friend, Tony, because I love you, mate. <laughs> Friendship's a beautiful thing. It's a bromance. It's love. Cool. Maybe they got them up for me. <laughs> Hmm. 
Oh, I love my friends. And rule number seven, this is so powerful. And again, I never did this until I came to this church. But great friends, they pray together. We've got to pray together. It says this in Job 16, verse 20 to 21. My intercessor is my friend. As my eyes pour out tears to God, on behalf of a man, he pleads with God. As one pleads with his friend. I cry because (laughs) some of my most powerful moments have been in prayer with friends. When we were... 50, 60 grand in debt, I realized I'm not just going to carry this on my own. I had people agreeing with me in prayer, praying together. When we wanted to break into our first home, I wanted to pray with people. I had friends that were praying with me. I don't know if I could have done it on my own, but the encouragement, the prayer, it unlocks things. When Bryn and I had to work on our marriage, it was friends that stood with us. They prayed for us. And that's, I get that now, what Jesus is saying. It's like, yeah, we've got our list of things that we want to pray for, but we've got to pray for one another as well. We've, and it doesn't have to be hard. It's just like, okay, this week I'm going to choose this person, and I'm going to pray for them. Next week I'm going to choose this person, I'm going to send them a text, and I'm going to pray for them. If I look back over my life of the last 10 years, nothing significant that's happened in our lives was not surrounded by prayer. Always surrounded by prayer. Always surrounded by friends standing with us. Number one, be your authentic self. Number two, be ready to give, not just take. Number three, be honest and vulnerable. Let's not gossip. Number five, be the greatest encourager. Let's lean into the awkward. It's going to be good for you. And let's pray together. Church, can we just close our eyes?